Hello and welcome to the 22nd episode of the third season of the Plebs on Footy podcast. I'm your host, Rory O'Kane, and as always, I'm joined by Scott Fotheringham. Hello, Banjo. How good is it to be here this week? One, There's one thing I want from you this week, Banjo. Just, just indulge me. For one week, I, I've had 12 years of misery. Just allow me to be a dickhead. Just please. Will you Scott, do if I didn't allow you to be a dickhead, we wouldn't have this podcast at all, and we wouldn't be friends. So, yes, I'll indulge you, but we're going to keep it to your segment, because I don't want any of your infectious optimism creeping into my depression. You, uh, you know, I want my own thoughts, and I want my own feelings to resonate. You, you have been all right so far. You, I reckon you've said congratulations to me about four or five times, so you are a good It was friend, only twice. Or don't... don't. No, Don't get no, too you, far you ahead messaged of it, and I saw you last night. It was in three. So I saw you last night, you did it, and then you did it when you came in today for the recording of the pod. I don't think I did. Times, your hair. Mate, I think nice I just man. ruffled your hair today. I'm not saying congratulations again, though, because that would get us way too comfortable. Um, it's but all congratulations, <laughs> this pod. Oh. <laughs> we do have a couple of things to say, though. Um, first of all, if you notice any difference in the audio, which we hope you do, uh, we've bought some new microphones and a fancy new thingamajig to make the sound better. Well, I, I gave it a bit of a test run off the top. That was quite a loud entrance for me. So it'll be it'll be interesting to see how that comes up. Yeah, so uh, I'm pretty proud of ourselves. It's a very, very professional setup we've got right now. We might even post a photo of it later. I actually find it a bit intimidating, to be honest. We've got a microphone each. It's, it's weird. Yeah, um, <laughs> I don't really know how to handle it. I'm going to feel quite uncomfortable shifting around a lot in this pub, but we'll get over that. Bit of adjustment um, to do that. I also forgot to introduce the guy that probably should have been handling this kind of stuff if he actually did his job, but it's the <laughs> producer, James Wycamp. How about that hour-long build-up that was to reveal the microphones to me? Yeah, we uh, we we tr- tried to get his excitement up. He wasn't buying it, and uh, he was still disappointed when he walked in. <laughs> yeah, it, uh, it would have exceeded your excitement levels. Wouldn't it? Yeah, yeah, you were yeah. pretty happy. No, I, thought, I thought it was about correct oh, yeah. where my excitement levels were. Yeah, okay, it's a yeah, pretty big which deal. Is, what, a three and a half out of ten. Yeah, yeah, yeah that, that's, that's pretty exciting. <laughs> Take that. Yeah, no, not quite a, not quite as excited as you are, but still pretty exciting. Yeah, it's no, no, um, Melbourne making finals, but. We also had what was nearly a record amount of listens this week, Scott. Um, Did you notice that? No, I didn't. I just can't. You know I never look at it. That's absolutely not true. You are a (laughs) Facebook like whore and it translates to SoundCloud listens. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, But I did some investigating. It was um, a slightly hollow uh, number. (laughs) Uh, I looked on who those listens were. We got... 73 listens from the Netherlands, and um, ever since our producers got back from the Netherlands, I don't think we've had a listen from there yet. Um, well, what do you th- sure, we're just expanding our Dutch listener base, aren't we? Is there any other um, explanation? Yeah, for so then I investigated who the name was, because that thought crossed my mind. Uh, I know we're a fantastic <laughs> pod, and word of mouth spreads rapidly. but um, appeal to the Dutch audience. On but. this occasion, it wasn't quite the case. Uh, I clicked on who the <laughs> listener was. It was, um, I think www.soundcloudplans.go.com something or other, UK or something. Clicked on it and they wanted you to buy SoundCloud listens. So um, we haven't actually made any progress in expanding our I, I do find that whole concept very, very weird. I know, you were quite creeped listen. out. I mean, we, we could just... You also assumed I'd paid for them for a long time, <laughs> which I was mildly insulted by. We, we could just click listen If I had done that, if I had done that, it would have been when I had a bet with Alex, <laughs> with yeah, uh, why Stringer. Didn't you, why didn't you ever do that? Because I, I did not realise it existed, because it's a weird thing to do. Um, see, it was also 10,000, wasn't it? The bet? No, it was 1,000. Oh, yeah, it was 1,000. We yeah. fell a fair bit short. <laughs> we had 1,000 plays in total. We're up to 6,000 players in total now, Scott. <laughs> are we now? <laughs> we are, we are. Uh, but yeah, and just before we get going with any of the football, uh, we're also looking for reviews on this pod. Uh, we're trying to boost our rating on iTunes because 
we don't have enough reviews to get a rating. I think the only people who've, that have reviewed it are James, myself, and my mum. So if you can, five-star reviews on iTunes. And, that'd and be appreciated. Again, just let everyone know what your favourite segment is. That's, that's very important. Yeah, that, that's true. Cold jacket, as long jacket. as it's not Gold Jacket, Green Jacket. But speaking of... Speak of the devil, yeah. On to everyone's favourite segment. <laughs> gold yeah. Jacket, Green Jacket. The title derives from the line in Happy Gilmore, Gold Jacket, Green Jacket, who gives a shit. And we give three, two, one votes for the most meaningless games of the round. And a tough one this week. Some good cra- round of football. Really good round of footy. Some, some cracking games. So, one vote. Jeez, we've been stiff to Brisbane. Brisbane defeated Gold Coast by four points. Exciting game of footy. Um, Saturday night, I was thinking this You were drunk. The, the, well, yes. But I was thinking <laughs> it was going to be the grimmest night of footy ever. And we had two really yeah. close games. But I suppose this just, you know, it, do, it doesn't mean anything. And it just... In a good round of footy, it, it snuck in for a vote. Yeah, I didn't expect either of those games to be good. But uh, unfortunately, Gold Coast and Brisbane was filled with two clubs that can't really affect the season at this point of the year uh, when they're playing each other. So they were a bit stiff. It was a pretty good game of football. I think it was a good fight from Gold Coast, which I didn't really expect. I thought Brisbane were just going to walk away. But I think mm-hmm. when Nick Robertson called them soft, maybe it stirred a little something. Yeah, that was odd, the old... Uh, I liked it, to be honest. Nah, no, I don't. It's just, it just gives those, ammunition to yeah, the other teams. No, it's no, I, I don't like... I don't think it was worth it for Brisbane, but I like the idea of those two clubs actually disliking each other and having a natural yeah. rivalry other but than the fact... Is that natural? Like, other, or is he trying to build a rivalry? Well, Everything I, feels artificial about the kids. I don't think that matters so much at this point, but just building some actual hatred will then turn into a natural rivalry. I think GWS and Sydney actually hate each other. I, I, I believe that. Well, they've played finals against each other. And there was also the, like, they thought Buddy was going to GWS. And yeah. They, they, they hated that. And there has been a lot of, like, quite spiteful games. <sighs> GWS on Buddy like, would have been incredible. The, the Q clash is struggling a little bit. Um, yeah. That sound. Is there any other takeaways? You were sitting down watching it whilst I was drunk? Um, No, not really. I like Cam Rayner's goal from 55. That was Cam Rayner is very good. Dane Zorko was a bit of a sook. He did was a bit niggly, but other than that, not much. Getting the tag? Uh, yeah, he did get tagged and didn't play that well and was a bit whingy about it. Yeah, okay. Heard someone call him the biggest whinger in the AFL. He's not great with the tag. No, he's also not Brendan Goddard, so that was wrong. Um, <laughs> anyway, should we move on? Uh, yeah. Two votes. Uh, I was a bit disappointed to give this one. Geelong defeated Fremantle. I thought the many three straight goals in a row. I thought that was fascinating. And it's still got two votes. Yeah, it says a lot about both the fact that the round of good matter, the round of football mattered, and that uh, this game was really boring in every other respect. Yeah, I, I was so positive about Freo earlier in the year. Wheels have just yeah flown off, haven't they? It's just the late season blues. They're the youngest club, one of the youngest clubs in the competition. They're playing kids. They can't travel any on a good day, and Geelong had everything to play for. It's it's a bad result, but it's a very it's, it's, bad a, it's a result. pathetic result. Five still had thirty-seven possessions. Yeah, Neil had thirty odd as well. They got good games out of the best players. Mm. There's just not enough around them. It's a, they're just they're a very bad side at times, and especially away. I it doesn't really change anything for me about Geelong, but Frio that's that's awful. Yeah, <laughs> I'm, I'm definitely not drawing anything major from Geelong, but. You know, their percentage is looking quite nice now. They're actually, they're a chance to overtake us on percentage. So Charlie Hay will be very, very excited. Mm, then the real question of uh, if they deserve to play finals ahead of you. Well, 
not really matter because you'll both be in. It's not about um, deserving. It's just we're, we're better is the point. But uh, anything to say or should we just, just keep moving on? Uh, no, not really. Yeah. I, this game was very irrelevant. Yeah, well, we've got a lot of good footy to talk about, so we want to get through Gold Jacket, Green Jacket. So three votes. Uh, this was nice and easy. The Western Bulldogs defeated Carlton by 17 points. So to those teams, we say... Gold Jacket, Green Jacket, who gives a shit? And, yep. and let's just keep the train rolling on. Segment in a segment. It's also time for Billy Gowers Watch. Billy, 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 Billy Gowers. Billy, 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 Billy Gowers. Well done. You're going to make my job of inserting the sound effect after this pod very easy. Yeah, I like that's, it, that's Scott. that's true, actually. I didn't, I didn't think that way. But uh, look, Billy Gowers' game was probably equally as irrelevant as the game itself. <laughs> uh, nine disposals, seven kicks, two handballs, five marks, three tackles, and... I swear to God, he kicks one goal one every week. He's a real professional. I don't know what what else to tell you. Consistent, the man yeah. knows what is required of him. Do you know, Billy Gowers, well, Western Bulldogs, have not lost a game since Billy Gowers returned from injury. That is a good That point. is a two-game winning streak and a two-games-in-a-row streak for Billy Gowers. So, Correlation equals causation, he, as we always say. He's just one of those players. He lifts everyone around him. He's, he's a star. He's a dead-set star, isn't he? Yeah. Did he rock this week? I have no idea. I didn't watch it. <laughs> yeah, I, neither did I. Um, I'm sure he didn't. I'm sure he was dominant. Uh, but just, just as a quick aside, I mean, not, it's not a great look for North Melbourne, is it? But uh, yeah. the dogs only just beat, <laughs> beat Carlton and uh, they knocked you off. Yeah, let's move a on. A little bit embarrassing, isn't it? Let's Joe? move on. A little bit. Yeah, you lost to Essendon when they didn't have any players, so shut up. Um, that was two years ago. It's still more embarrassing than what we did. Finals, mate. Finals. <laughs> Gaff Pollock and Josh Kelly. <laughs> oh, shut up. Shut up. <laughs> um, let's get to the actual games of football that we care about. Richmond defeated Essendon by eight points on Friday night, and oh, Essendon made a late charge. I was actually super impressed with Essendon all night. I, I reckon it was the most creative I've seen a team against Richmond. They, mm. There were passages of play where it looked like they were just figuring it out as they, they went along. It would either be just some ridiculous kick of the corridor or they just flick a handball around and run into trouble and somehow strap it forward. And All night they were trying to figure it out, but they just kept coming and coming and coming. And sometimes it paid off, sometimes it didn't. And they, they got pretty close in the end. I, I was quite impressed. And to be honest with you, I know that a lot of people predicted them to make finals and they haven't. But in a lot of ways, I'm more impressed with Essendon this year than I thought I would be coming out of it. I mean, they had a bad start, but since then, they've been quite consistent. I've been in, Their contested ball work has been quite good, and their strength, being speed, obviously, is as good as we ever thought it was. And they, But they're building something. Yeah, no, I'd, I'd agree. I'm very happy with my preseason prediction, which I was accosted for, has come off. But outside of that, they have been pretty good. And they've missed Joe Danaher all year, so... Like there is scope for improvement. They're mm-hmm. on the lookout for some inside midfielders to bolster to bolster what is their weakness. Even though they've been better in the second half of the year, yep. it's still where they lack. They're relying on Langford and Myers a bit too much for my liking. M- Mitch Wallace would be a great get into that midfield. Yeah, absolutely. I think he's a really good player, and he's exactly what they need. Absolutely. And while there's not room for him in Luke Beveridge Bulldog sides, there is in Essendon's midfield. And, and moving the ball that quickly into Joe Danaher as well. That, yeah. that is super, super dangerous. Um, yeah. And on Richmond, I think teams have decided that they need to play high-risk football against them. I yeah. don't. I think they've realised that they can't just keep playing the same way over and over again because Richmond's backline and pressure is just too good for the staid, bland 
down the line ball movement that we've seen so often. So teams are having to use that corridor and use it not when it's clearly on, but when it's maybe on to try and break that open. And with playing that high variance football, high risk football with incredible amounts of effort, you can have it come off your way and actually sneak a win. It hasn't worked yet, but we've seen Richmond be a lot closer in the last few weeks. And give, yes, they had everybody mm. out outside yep. of <laughs> Rewalt Rants and uh, Dusty, but it was still a very good performance from Essendon. And I think it shows the type of way side's going to try and combat Richmond in so the future. So did you say th- that started with Geelong a couple of weeks ago? Yeah, They, they were super, super bold going through the corridor. I mean, it, it's a crazy situation to get into where it's just like, we can't transition against Richmond. We can't do it. We're just going to have to be kamikaze. <laughs> and that kind of seems like how it's going. But who would be a chance to do that against them? GWS would be. They would be very good at playing a kamikaze yeah, game. Yeah, the question... They're kicking off half back. The question is, will... Will Leon Cameron make that decision or will he back in the most talented side in the competition? Because it's hard to look at GW's, GWS's list if you're their coach and go, we're not good enough normally, we're going to have to change the way we play. I, I, I struggle to see him being willing to do that. Yeah, if you're losing out of the middle, I think you have to. Like it, but the if, thing if is, Richmond are the second worst team in clearances in the competition. So it's not about they, losing out, it's about... It's about them squeezing you after that. They're and, and affecting the, the uh, ability of your clearance the, work to yeah, that's, be the, damaging. The thing which they do, they turn the opposition clearances into just sort of hack-kick forwards, and then they always have Floston or someone just sitting off the bat. The amount of times that happens, that they have their spare man in defence, and the opposition gets a centre clearance, and it just gets chewed up by normally Floston. He's the most likely one. It's, it, that's actually frightening. I, I find it kind of weird that... Teams have allowed that to happen for so long. To just yeah. allow that spare man to just take those easy kicks. And the thing is, they've got so many, so you can't be like, we can't let Blossom be the spare yeah. man because then Rance will do it. And it's not like you can be, we can't let Rance be the spare man because then like Asprey and Grimes are still good chop-out players as well. They're better, they're, well, sorry, they're excellent one-on-one, but they still have that to their bow. So there's just too many options to try and let a spare man be there and make it the one you want because there's too much talent across half-back for them. As well as teams are preferring their own spare man in defence rather than manning that. that yeah, 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 yeah. Which is, yeah, I mean, it, that's a decision you make. But, yeah, I, I do find it interesting that's happened all year. But, uh, look, it, you have to give Richmond a big pat on the back. With Finally, they were hit with some injuries. And mm. they're just... They, they're a system team. They just play a system. Yeah, Anyone it's very comes much into that the, system and they're fine. Yeah, it's really the one soldier in, one soldier out for pretty much every player in that team. There's like three or four that aren't, and Trent Cochin's one of them, and they were missing him, but there's the rest are all just, mm. you can fill the gap because they, they do have very good list depth, which is an underrated aspect of it because we haven't yeah, had to see it at all. Depth. Yeah, Like they're, Winning the VFL competition for the second year in a row yep. as well. It's Casey lost this week, so they'll probably take comfortable uh, top position now. Richmond, I assume they won. Yeah, Casey lost for the first time in seven weeks. I saw. No, we had twelve wins in a row. Okay, the well, it was the first yeah. time in seven weeks. It was just also the yeah. first time in twelve weeks. Pretty impressive, eh? <laughs> Speaking of good depth, the days. Yeah, but doesn't really matter. <laughs> 
you're not going to win. Doesn't really matter. Well, Whatever. We're going to win the premiership next year with Kelly. Not Kelly. That's the year after Gaff and Pollock. So what's it really matter? <laughs> He's trying hard. You're He's all, trying hard. I respect the effort. You're Benjamin. all playing for second. Next up, we had Collingwood defeat Port by 51. Pretty much ending Port season, unless there's a monumental <laughs> um, result. And yeah, Collingwood getting a good top eight win that they really needed to prove themselves, I think. 51 points is a bit a bit harsh on Port. It was it was a yeah. really good game for the majority of the game. And then once the floodgates opened in the last quarter, it was it was kind of astonishing. Yeah, Collingwood just ran away with it in the end. It was a very good performance by Collingwood. They just held the line while Port were coming and then just turned it on. It was Richmond-esque in a lot of ways. They just got ahead and just piled on, which is the side of a good side. The way Port have been playing, they're... They're not a team that's going to be challenging your back line heavily. They're no. not moving the ball in quick enough for it. But it is super impressive how Collingwood have managed to managed to stick through it. With like they've got about six six or seven front line defenders injured. It's their back line has been utterly destroyed. I heard Stringer wanted me to bring the uh, big take to this pod of he reckons Tom Langdon is the most important player for Collingwood at the moment. Interesting. Says that with what all is of the their justification outs, for that? Well, he's playing almost a small defender sort of role, and he's sort of chopping out, and he beat Robbie Gray on the weekend, and he's you know, being a bit of a Neville Jetter, I suppose. He's getting the job done. Yeah. An, an underrated footballer. That's he sure. is an underrated footballer, but I'm not exactly sure he's probably the not most important. Probably a little bit. I'd argue Grundy, Grundy <laughs> Penderbury, side bottom. Like they're, still, they're still doing... Being kept afloat by their midfield. It's not about being better. It's about being more important. I never said it was. I said more important. And it's probably still their midfield. Because if the midfield gets shat on, then Tom Langdon gets exposed. Yeah, there's that's quite quite possible. And as I said, Port Adelaide aren't going to be challenging you too much with attacking play. Because, my God, they're a boring team. As we God damn it, Ken Hinckley. That man uh, shoulders the blame for this. Turning what was one of the most exciting sides in the competition... Into one of the most boring. He, I think he does. I, I like Ken, but I think he does need a little bit of criticism because he just he's not good at using his weapons. And like it, it killed me on the week. I mean, I know Robbie Gray's in my fantasy team, so I wanted him in the midfield for that reason. But it killed me watching the game every time they put him in the midfield. Like they'd be struggling, they'd put him in the guts, and all of a sudden they'd lift and they'd start playing well. They'd be creative out of the middle. They'd start moving it quickly in there. They'd start scoring, and then they'd be like, "Oh, let's put him forward again." And then they just start sucking again out of the middle. It's it mm. was actually so blatant for anyone watching it how important it was to have Robbie Gray in the middle. And he, he kept he kept putting him back forward again. And it's not like they don't have talent in their forward line. Mm-hmm. Like they have heaps of talent it's in their forward Dixon line. Dixon being out, I suppose that's your next option, Robbie Gray at full forward. I mean, you have you to get the Jack ball there. there you have to get the ball to full forward for a full forward exactly to work. And they look so much better when they were good out of the middle. Yeah, it's just. Ken Hinckley is probably one of the worst performed coaches this year. Yeah. There's always one that's been a good coach for a long time, just has a bad year. Yeah, I, I think And this is, is Ken Hinckley. I if, think he is a good coach, but he's just he's got a little bit carried away with trying to be consistent. That He, he, he just doesn't yeah. use his weapons. Consistently does. ordinary doesn't really help you much, does it? And they're, they're done. Like, they're done. Their yeah, well, gone. unless you lose by 150 points and they win by 150 points. 
And uh, even then, North Melbourne could win by 500 to overtake them on percentage. I've said it before. I don't put it past Melbourne losing by 150 points. But yeah, Port Adelaide probably won't beat Essen by 150. So that's that's the difference. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> and you think you're good, but you think you might lose by 150 points. Just where you think you've won hey, your grand final. You're already, you're already in the off-season. Anything negative could happen to Melbourne, mate. I, I know that. Uh, so let's move on. We're going, speaking of Port Adelaide, we're going to Kane Corns Call of the Week, where we uh, review a massive call from a uh, AFL journalist or AFL media personality that we think is a little bit too far. And then we also make one ourselves just to revel in the the attitudes that people like Enjoy to Enjoy our media. imitations of Kane Corns. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, so the one we got was taken from Media Street. Mm. Uh, Jay Clark, not a frequent uh, member in discussions like these, mainly because we never really hear what he has to say. Uh, and to be fair, he's not been the only one who said this, but he said Melbourne should trade Jesse Hogan now and that they're better off when he's not in the side. David King said it too. This is, this is actually ridiculous. Jesse Hogan is an outstanding footballer who has had a brilliant year. Where does this call come from? The fact that we play one good game where we won purely because we absolutely dominated the clearances. That's why we won Mm. this game. Sam Wiedemann was great, and that's a really positive sign, and I'm stoked about it. He, He had a really, really good game. But Jesse Hogan is a far superior footballer. Jesse Hogan is in the top three or four key forwards in the competition. He is a vic- yeah, he's around that mark. He is a victim of his own standards in his first year. It, we have never seen a power forward come onto the scene in the way that he did in his first year. He, he, I think it was the most contested marks ever for a, a key forward. Well, who are you going to say? Oh, it's just that, like, we haven't, but, like, Coleman. <laughs> like, <laughs> yes, okay, that, that's fine. But that, that, that was so unique and special that people just started thinking he's going to be the greatest player ever sort of stuff. And yeah. He's still... Very, very, very good. I, I, I hate this. We, there was some, He's still young as well. There was some idiot on one of those uh, Melbourne fan pages. He's like, you know what I think we should do? I think we should do a straight swap Jesse Hogan for Tom Lynch. Come on. It's, it's just like, I subjectively think Tom Lynch is a little bit better. Therefore, do a straight swap. It's like, it's like saying, let's swap Clayton Oliver for Patrick Cripps. Like, yes. My favourite part of the battle is let's swap Jesse Hogan on seven hundred thousand a year for Tom Lynch on one point four. Yeah, exactly, exactly. He will cost a lot. I think Jesse's got quite a low contract. He took not that much money. Yeah, which is power to him. I um, love the man. I love the man. What are my theory is? Everyone's looked at Collingwood. Everyone's looked at Richmond and gone. You don't need key forwards to win. You just need one. You don't need multiple of them. Melbourne. And it proved that when Melbourne won. Uh, this game, because they really only had one key forward. I heard somebody say that, and everyone else, the rest of the people talking to him. We were, had two key I forwards. I know, and the response was, but they did have two key forwards. <laughs> <laughs> we had two, and Melksham is very, very good at playing that, like, pretender key forward role. He's a bloody good footballer. So he was good in that regard, but my God, we're a better team with Jesse Hogan in it. What a joke. Yeah, it's it's not even a question. And the reason Collingwood and Richmond don't play two key forwards is they don't have another one. What are Richmond doing? Exactly. Trying to get Tom Lynch. What are Collingwood doing? Trying to get Tom yes, Lynch. Yes, exactly. That Everybody is... wants more good key forwards because it makes you more flexible. That is a good point. <laughs> that is well said. That is well said. <laughs> so let's stop tearing our hair out about others' idiotic calls and make our own. What do you got? Well, I'm going to say, Banjo, that the second half of this year, we have had something confirmed, which everyone predicted at the start of the year. But I think from what we have seen from North Melbourne's second half of the year, I think they are a bottom four team. 
The way they have played has been a bottom four team. Take out the West Coast win where you're in Tassie and West Coast were awful. Uh, you beat Gold Coast by 37 points. These, these are other wins the second half of the year. Gold Coast by 37 points. That's crap against Gold Coast. That's a poor performance. Brisbane, you beat them by three. You were very, very lucky to win that game. And you've also lost to the Western Bulldogs. They were your only other two wins outside of Westville. Your second half of the year has been rubbish. I think you are a bottom four team. You've been the biggest pretenders ever. <laughs> hey, hey, something else I want to say. The person who alerted me to this call was a fellow North Melbourne supporter. My, I knew this was designed to piss me off. You wouldn't tell me what it was, and I knew it was designed to piss me off. I'm not going to dignify this with the response because we don't play seasons in half-yearly quadrants or halves. <laughs> <laughs> what? Rate, rate your second half of the year. Yeah, it's been poor. Really poor. It hasn't been really poor. We smashed West Coast. You can't take out one of the games. You, you had the year. one inspired performance in the second half of the year. Outside of that, you have been bad in every game. We are four and four against the top eight. Who were we the are four not... you've beaten? Oh, it's probably not him. Hawthorne, Sydney, West Coast, and GWS. GWS is a good one. The other two. Anyone the other two are just in the top four. But look four. at the second half of the year, mate. You had a freakish run, and you were pretenders, and we've seen it in the second half of the year. Okay, let's move on to real. <laughs> let's, re- let's move on to something that's grounded in reality. And here's my I'm take. I'm about, mate. I know you are. You're also an arsehole. Which, to be fair, you flagged. Um, so my take, Collingwood's injury list isn't that bad. Well, that's just dumb. Not, not <laughs> many of their... Like, all these players that they say are massive injury losses, aren't it? heaps of them aren't in their best 22. I just told you their entire bat- first-choice backline's injured. Yeah, what is replaced? So, who who matters? How matters. Dunn matters. Trelaw matters. The Reed, rest, I'd argue. Reed matters. Reed was awful when he played. He was an Sharon impediment. Sharon was extremely Sharon Berg, yeah, year. and he's replaceable. And he's you Tom just Langdon. like five. That's a lot. It's nothing compared to West Coast. Yeah, the injury list in front of you. Give me a look. I want to have a look at this, mate. It Jamie may... Elliott, not not better than what they've well, got going on. he's good, yeah. Yeah, but he's Darcy not... Darcy Moore, that's another, their other defender. Look at the back line that is out. Dunn, Howe, Moore, Reed, Sharon Berg. Reed is a forward. That's like... They played him for the start. Howe has missed like one game. They would be playing him back without any question. And he'd be very, very important there. No, he can't move. He's done. He's just career's over. Are we talking about Lyndon now? Are we... <laughs> no. Lyndon, big he's, loss. He's not done. He plays a similar role, but he's not He's not done. They are anatomically different people. <laughs> <laughs> Mate, uh, no, I, I strongly disagree with so you. So half their injury list just doesn't matter. Tyson Goldsack hasn't played for years. Doesn't matter. Oh, yeah, Flynn Appleby. Defender. Yeah, it doesn't matter. Flynn Appleby doesn't matter. Tim Broomhead doesn't matter. Jamie Elliott doesn't matter. He's not better than we Josh. still read out. There are six first Daniel Wells at this point doesn't matter. Plus their best midfielder. Kale Kirby doesn't matter. Doesn't the most of their injury list is irrelevant. It is not as big an issue as people are making it out to be. It is not what West Coast have had to deal with. It's not what Adelaide has had to deal with, and it's not what GWS have had to deal I, I with. They are crying a river because they have the media coverage to get it done. There is no other every player on Collingwood's list is overrated, including Tom Langdon. Fuck Alex Bell. <laughs> Language. I, I think GWS are the only team with the worst injury list. No, that's wrong. Adelaide. West Coast, West Coast have their top two players out. Apart from that, it's not that bad. They have Kennedy, okay, Darling, Nat Nui, yeah. and Gaff. 
that no, in itself. Darling, you know, I'm not counting Darling. You got he missed half the week. year anyway. I'm talking about right now. I'm talking about over the year. Collingwood have a very bad injury. Yeah, and it's not as bad as other teams oh. in the competition. They need to stop complaining and just be happy they're third. They, I'm pretty sure they are happy there. Yeah, but they're still complaining, <laughs> so stop complaining. We all want them to challenge Richmond. That's what we want. And that's why I don't actually think I do. I can handle one group of pe- people being happy. Mm. Can I handle nah. two people, groups of people being happy? Like, I, I, James, I just want to believe there's a chance. James, our producer, cannot get any happier. Stringer can get happier. And I don't think I can handle I both of them. He'll, <laughs> James will still be happy However, regardless of whether or not you win. To counter that, if Collingwood beat Richmond, I won't be happy. Yeah, but you'll still be like, we were premiers a year ago, we might be premiers again oh, next okay, year. Okay, You're still going to be fair. an arrogant, annoying person. Whereas this will make Alex, who's been an arrogant, annoying person regardless, even more arrogant and annoying. This whole conversation's getting a bit too personal and most people have no idea what we're talking That's about. That's very so true. So let's talk about some footy. <laughs> <laughs> Sydney defeated GWS by 20 points. This cost me money, I bet, on GWS. <laughs> I'm very annoyed. <laughs> I also cost, cost wider money. He had <sighs> Sydney missing the eight. GWS got stiffed by umpires. <laughs> <laughs> Look at Whitey's. This, this is so painful. This is such a painful. <laughs> yep. <laughs> uh, I quite enjoyed. Whitey made a comment halfway through the game, and I, I loved the absolute simplicity of it. He's like, Sydney are just. They just stopped the other team scoring, and buddy. <laughs> that is Sydney. And like, it's a little disingenuous to Kennedy. But that's about it. <laughs> it's, it's not that inaccurate. They play quite a boring game to keep themselves in it, and then they just back Buddy in to have a big last quarter like he did. Yeah. That is the way Sydney play. Pretty successful. <laughs> it has been pretty successful, and they have an impressive few weeks, but that is not going to happen for three or four weeks in finals. It is just not going to happen. I'm, I'm so yeah. confident to say I that. am very confident that neither Sydney or Hawthorne are good enough. Mm. People... I mean, Sydney will get pantsed in a final. Yeah. And we'll be like, oh, oh yeah, they weren't that good. That's probably fair. Yeah. Oh, I'd agree with that. This is a good double down by you guys. Yeah, well, like... like, like yeah, we've been... Sydney are bad, and they're, like, looking pretty good. It's like, no, they're still bad. Yeah, yeah. yeah. We see are. through them. I like this double down. We've been saying this all year, but, like... Yeah. They did win two games getting, by a kick. Their culture is getting them through, but they are, they are not a great team. They are yeah. not... I actually... I quite... I really enjoy watching the Sydney GWS games, because it's like... It's the most fascinating thing of Sydney yeah. just trying to contain the game as much as possible and keep it as boring as possible and just make it a slog. And GWS is just trying to release it into space so they can get moving. And most times it's happened, I've seen GWS get on top doing that. This time, it was a Sydney game for most of the game. And GWS still nearly won it. If it, were, if it weren't for Buddy in the last quarter, yeah, and they GWS got won. hammered by injuries again. Yep. They are so unlucky. <laughs> So, do they actually have an injury list? <laughs> yeah, they do have an injury list. And when I said Collingwood's injury list isn't that bad, who did I refer, refer to? <laughs> GWS. Theirs actually is amazing. They've got about 15 players, and they're, like, all good. Yeah. <laughs> it's actually amazing. It helps when your entire list is unbelievable because you got incredible concessions when you came into the league, and you can have injured people. But, they, but they've lost a lot of players through I know, know I know. It's still helpful. Uh, but let's move on. Uh, Hawthorne defeated St Kilda by four points. Good on St Kilda this one, I thought. Yeah, they're, they're playing the odd game, aren't they? Like mm. they're, they're pretty bad, and then they're just bringing it for the odd game, which is enough for us to be able to say they're better than you know the, the Gold Coast and Carlton's of the world. But yeah. as a supporter, it'd be frustrating because they can do this. And, and when they play well, they look great. As I've said, they are very, very bold and very exciting the way they move the ball. 
but yeah, they just don't have the skills to go with it. Like, yeah, that game plan with a more talented list would work. I, I, I don't doubt that. I would, my dad used to say all the time, Brad Scott has a game plan that is too good for his players. Like, they just can't handle what Brad Scott <laughs> wants them to do. And which I think would, that's which the means, case. Which that means it's a bad game plan. Yeah, you I have know. to know your cattle. Yeah. I know, but I think that's what's going on with St. Kilda. They have a game plan that works if you've got the talent. You would have thought that if there is a team who's going to stop the way that St. Kilda are trying to play, yeah. it would be Hawthorne. Hawthorne are so well drilled, and they, they do not give you the corridor, like, ever. But, I mean, they were off. Like, they were noticeably off this game. They, they just looked flat. They weren't in it. They probably just expected to win it. Um, but, you know, they got the win. So, big game next week, Hawthorne Sydney. Yeah, well, one of them will make the top four, which would not have picked at... <laughs> Two weeks ago, Buddy's apparently going to miss it though. Yeah. Okay. So that that would that would make you tip Hawthorne. I was probably leaning towards Sydney. Yeah. It's in Sydney, but I reckon that's probably enough that I'm going to tip. Also, Hawthorne. it being in Sydney is almost a detriment to Sydney at this stage. Their record at the SCG is awful. You know something? I'm a. I'm think this is probably a reasonable big call. Whoever wins Hawthorne Sydney will go out in straight sets. How's that? And the other will lose the elimination final. Probably, yeah, <laughs> probably, but like, I, I can no. see it happening. To I like that. Bit. I like that. Um, you can t- stake your cl- stake your poll where yeah. I did a couple of years ago when I correctly predicted Hawthorne going out in straight sets, and you tried to steal that take from me later we, on. There was it was a team take. It was one, not. Though. It was a team take. Go listen to the tapes. <laughs> anyway, let's move on. We got the top five. Uh, we've got a bit of a an important theme here. We're going with top five worst haircuts or. More simply, bottom five haircuts. Yeah. Um. <laughs> People have wanted us to do this one for a while. But I probably don't look at hair that closely, but I've, I've scrapped a no, list. No, we had that. to do some research, which we are not not very prone to do. So, we um, avoid it. Yeah, we've put in real effort, so please enjoy. Well, I'm just starting with a, an honourable mention. I, like this is this is a terrible, terrible haircut. Dustin Martin's haircut is bad. Ooh, but yeah, I got it. He is a good enough footballer, and it's become so iconic. I almost like it now. Like, I'm always like, that. that's dusty. And a lot of people are getting their haircut now because it's dusty. Yeah, it's Jordan and I, Degoe. It's one of those things you can get. It's like Ben Brown taking number 50 sort of stuff. Yeah. Like, that's a crap number. But if you make it your own, you go to kind of like it. So I, it's terrible, but I kind of like Dustin Martin's haircut. Yeah, okay. Look, I respect <laughs> the opinion, but you're wrong. It's a terrible haircut, and that's why it's on my list. I've also got an honorable mention. Mm-hmm. I figured it was only an honorable mention because it uh, sort of it expands upon... It expands upon the genre. It's not a bad haircut per se, but I just think Max Gorn's bald head and beard look, when you look at it, objectively speaking, it's also iconic, but objectively speaking, it's awful. How dare you? You are <laughs> criticising Max Gorn on this podcast. Yep. You're at a... St- but the thing with Maxi, I mean, yes, yes, it's iconic, but it's something you have to take into account. He's a really ugly man. Yeah, and he so pr- I think act- he, he looks worse yeah. with the beard because he was- he's got a very small head for his body. He shaved it for a while, and he looked worse. He's mm. more attractive. His chin is not as long as you think it would be. Like, his face is very squashed. Yeah, yeah, exactly right. He's, he, he's not attractive. It kind of covers him up in a lot of ways, and because it distracts you, I, th- I think it's a great head. I don't know. I, I think it... I, I still don't think it looks good. <laughs> You're a disgrace. Um, <laughs> Who's your five? Well, five I've got. Like I've gone with the Hawthorne trio, the uh, Ben Stratton, Blake Hardwick, Taylor Duray trio with the mullet. Yeah, I fair enough. It, I find it a very interesting thing that 
Well, Marich and Walker no one... used to do it. Yeah, but that was a while ago, and they would criticise, and they, you know, Tex got rid of it. There, there, there were three. Do you know why they got the had it and why they got rid of it? They had a bet on first one to have a kid or something. <laughs> got to get rid of it. Walker and Marriage. Against each other. Yeah, because they used know, to play for each other. for charity on the footy show? Yeah, they? he cut it off for charity. Yeah. But he did it. The with, two of them. Yeah, because they used to play at Adelaide together. Oh. No, I didn't know that. But I find it very interesting. Which is a much better reason whatever they're doing. <laughs> I find it interesting that we've got three players who have a mullet at the moment. They're all playing for Hawthorne. They all look hideous. They're all mm. big bogans. Maybe it's part of their DJ troupe. I know Ben Stratton DJs. Yeah, is Maybe the rest well, of them Well, yeah, do I too. think it is one of those things where one of them started doing it. I thought, let's, let's just make a group to do it. It'll be really funny. But, I mean, Hardwick's is probably the worst. He's just... It just doesn't... He's just such a... He just looks like such Stratton's a had it for so long that I'm kind of used to it. Yeah, maybe. Hardwick is probably... He's probably had it for the same amount of time. He's just newer mm. to the football scene. Yeah, so my number five is a bit at left field. I've gone Tread Cochin because his hair looks like he's out of a cartoon. That's flat out his what it is. His hair is perfectly normal. It's, yeah, it looks like he's out of cut. a 1980s Japanese cartoon. What are you talking about? <laughs> I, I'm going to do a compare the pair. Just his hair or his own yeah, face? Yeah, no, his hair. It looks Japanese like cartoons didn't draw massive bum chins, Scott. It's just the hair. I just can't. I, I can't picture what you put it up on the uh, on the page during the week. Yeah, I'll, 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 I'll put it up. Comparison between him and some what anime character? Yeah, it's just too too. This is a different take. It's, it's too <laughs> square. He kind of looks like GI Joe. But anyway, let's move of, on. It was out of the box. I'll give you that. Uh, my number four, I have Cam Rayner, a bit of a new boy on the block. I hate his hair. It's, it's the difference between the short on the side and the long on the top is far too extreme. Like he's got quite a lot of, and hair it's on quite the top. voluminous. Like when Dusty had the longer, uh, longer mohawk thing he had going, yeah, yeah. Well, that was really gross, but it was thin, so he didn't look too. It, it didn't still stand had out that, too like, much. Sharp hair sort yeah. of look to it. Where Rainer's is just normal hair, and then he's just bald on the side. I think I think it's it looks like a carpet. It's. It's incredible yeah, hair. Yeah, it does actually. But, yeah. Like he should let it grow. I would. I respect that hair. Let that thing flourish. Don't yeah, shave yeah, half it, it off. It, it, like he's he's taken it to the extreme, and yeah. I, I don't like it. To be fair with Rayner, he's such a good footballer to watch. I'd let him do whatever he wants. Yeah, well, <laughs> he'll probably do the same yeah. thing. Dusty, and I love it by the end of his career. Uh, next up, I got Phil Davis. Looks good when it's in the button, but yeah. when he lets it go. Not a fan. But you got he's usually got the bun. I reckon he looks nah, sexy as with the bun. Yeah, but when you watch him like commentate or get interviewed, no, nah, not a fan. Yeah, maybe you're right. But like, I love the samurai look. The samurai look is very cool, but it's, a t- it's more than... It's not just a situational haircut, Scott. It's a haircut he has to carry around with him so, all the time. So this and he doesn't always have it in a bun, so therefore he gets punished. Okay, but I think you need to take into account when it's good and bad, and then it levels out to being all right. I agree, and it looks good, but it looks very, very bad. You've gone with some weird ones, mate. Uh, my number three... We can't just agree on everything, Scott. True. My number three, I've gone with one of the dirtiest haircuts. Jack Stevens' hair. Ooh, it yep. looks... I don't reckon he's ever washed it, ever. It looks really filthy, and it's long, and he, he has the... Made worse by his moustache, too. That moustache, yeah. it looks creepy, like, and it's just all up it, terrible. He, and he... I think he's a sweaty man as well, so it, just, it always looks yes. like he's just never washed. Um... Love I, I, I do question whether he washes that hair. Yeah, it I, is very greasy well. looking. Yeah, he, he has the mullet sometimes, and sometimes it's just long around, and then he'll just go back to the mullet, and he's just, just very dirty, very mm. dirty. I Don't wonder like how it. he gets his hair on the sides to get long so quickly. Do you reckon he puts in extensions? I would think that's unlikely. 
Mm. <laughs> maybe we'll do. Some, maybe we'll do some. Maybe we'll do some investigating. <laughs> but probably not. <laughs> <laughs> Knowing us, next up I've got Aaron Young, another one in the very dirty haircuts. What, what does Aaron Young have? I can't picture. It's it. got. So you know how does uh, he have the samurai cut? Yeah, no. but his hair's really dirty, okay. so it looks terrible. So, just so you know, maintained. Yeah, so you know when like you got dreadlocks and it looks all matted. He looks like he's got matted hair without the dreadlocks. It's gross. Yeah, okay, okay. It's actually disgusting. So I swear, just makes you feel I swear there's like spiders it. living in there. Yeah. yeah like, okay. like Jimi Hendrix. Yeah, fair enough. Uh, my number two, I've got Darcy Moore here. His mm. hair is hideous. Yep. The, Don't dye it. Just yeah, and it, wrong like, colour. You can kind of see like the black as well and it's mm. just, it's just, it just looks really odd. It just stands out too much. I actually think the haircut, fine. It's just the... It's just the colour. Yeah, it, oh, of course it's just the colour. just yeah. the colour. It looks like he did it at home. Yeah. Get, yeah. So, get very, a professional. Very amateurish. Get yeah. a professional to yeah, do it. Yeah, fair enough. Yeah, uh, my number two? My number two is Dusty. Fair enough. It's iconic, but it's awful. Yeah, no, nah, it's come good, mate. It's come around. It has not. It has. With age, mate. Like you know how people line. look at uh, Gary Ayer's haircut and go, yeah, that was awful? I'm sure in the moment they took the same attitude to you. Don't be an apologist. Don't be caught up in the moment. Stay objective. Stay nah. stay truthful. I reckon Dusty's will stay iconic for a long time. I think it'll be iconic, but people also go iconically bad. Like we look at 80s. Yeah, but haircuts. we all know it's bad, but it's still. We still if you love know it. it's bad, why isn't it on your I list? I said it was bad, but I still like it because it's iconic, mate. It's terrible decision okay, making. Okay, my number one is a very obvious one, and he doesn't have it anymore, but the Jake Stringer hair at the start of the year, where he had like the, the no hair that he made a bun and then he dyed it blonde. I yep. mean, what the hell? What the hell is that? that he's definite, such a flop. That definitely was a home job. And oh, when we yeah, get absolutely. to worst tattoos, he's right up there too. <laughs> yeah, true. And bad rig as well, actually. Did you see that photo of him? That, so they're trying to show off his tattoos yeah. in the rooms. Shocking rig. That's all mm. I really took out of it. Yeah, we did sloppiest rigs a while ago. Yeah. Might have to revise. Yeah, well, I hadn't, yeah, I hadn't seen the photo. Yeah, my he, number one was Darcy Moore. Okay, okay. But can we... Jake String is such a flog. Like, the biggest... That haircut just sums up that he's a flog. Yeah. I don't know. He's actually leading their goalkeeping this year, surprisingly. Yeah, no, he's had quite a good you year. Don't, you don't think he's had that <laughs> he's good, had year, quite a good year, but he's been okay. Uh, next up, uh, we'll touch on this one briefly oh! because we have to. Uh, I'll let you do the honours. Okay. Melbourne defeated West Coast by 17 points, Banjo. Now, this was a special, special win. Not only did we play extremely well, and we did. We played very, very, very well. But to be challenged as much as we were challenged by a team on their home, de- home deck, to be headed in the last quarter, and for us, Melbourne, the supposed mentally weak team of the competition, to <laughs> respond to that, Dopey Kent kicked the sealer. The dope. The dope himself, mate. That's a, that's a big deal. Sam Frost was good. Speaking of dopes. Just, it, oh, mate, it was it was. Who was fantastic. Sam Frost playing on? I didn't realise... West Coast had any key forwards in this game after Oscar McDonald maliciously knocked that just out Jack Darling. Him up to have his to have his rebound. He actually had a few short kicks. That's amazing. There were a few deft short kicks. He's, he's probably exceeding Jay. I do have one. <laughs> I do have one question. Mm-hmm. Why didn't you win by forty points like North Melbourne did? Isn't that a disappointing result? Well, we're playing at their home ground and they played, but they didn't have any key well. forwards. Mate, they are an unbelievable. I think this is a poor result from you. You should be ashamed. Shut up. Shut up. (laughs) Allow me to finish. Their kicking is by far the best kicking I've seen all year against It is amazing. It is actually frightening how rarely they missed a kick. And kicking for goal as well was unbelievable. Mm. But off half back, my God. And 
you like we have terrible defensive issues. There are a couple of times which they did just get an easy transition, but there are a lot of times which we actually set up really well. I thought it was a good defensive performance, but they just found freakish kicks in the corridor. Their their transition was unbelievably good and kept them in the game all game because we absolutely took the piss in the clearance. Yeah. Like it was like Maxwell gone, my god. Like the clearance work, especially in the last quarter, was some of the best work you will ever see. Fair enough. I was watching another game, so I can't really co- corroborate that uh, statement. But I think we've underrated, speaking of their kicking off half-back um, or transition, I think moving Jetta back has actually been a really mm, good move. There was, one, there was one passage of play where he hit someone on the tit, kept running, got yeah. the handball back, hit someone else on the tit, <laughs> running into the 50. I've started liking Just watching the play again. tore my hair out of the time, but it was, it was good to see. Yeah, I, mean, I, thought, I thought Jetta was going to be cooked. Yeah, uh, just one quick thing. <laughs> Forgot to mention this, but uh, we did bad haircuts for a reason. <laughs> Scott's doing a uh, run to raise some money. Uh, I'll, do you, I'll let you explain the cause. Yeah, this was a bit of a stuff. Yeah, wasn't this it? is a massive stuff. Um, okay, well, my family and I are doing a Melbourne Marathon run. My my father has, has cancer. He has bowel cancer. Um and so, yeah, we've decided we're going to do the Melbourne Marathon as a family. We're trying to raise some money. So we'll make sure that we put it up on the podcast page, the link where you can donate. We're trying to get to $10,000. The thing was $2,000 if we get to that, which we've already done. I'll get a trendy haircut for the first time in my life. Hence why we did bad haircuts. <laughs> yep. Uh, $5,000, my mum, who has been holding off going grey for about the last 10 years, she's decided she's finally going to suck it up and, and do it. <laughs> my brother is going to get the Jason Ackermanis peroxide blonde hair if we get to 7,500. Your brother who is the writer of the Billy Gower song. Yes, as well as the best tap ruckman in the Vaffa. Uh, <laughs> uh, we're only about like $400 off that. So <laughs> someone jump on it. Just give us 400 and Lewis will have peroxide hair and uh, my dad will be shaving his world famous Mo if we get to 10,000. So yeah, it's, uh, it's, it's a bit of fun and yeah, trying to raise some money for a good cause. So it's jump very on board. Very good cause, very good cause. Back to Melbourne West Coast. <laughs> yeah, back to how good Melbourne are. <laughs> what are we talking about? Lewis Jetta, yeah. Yeah, yeah. But I figure you should say some nice things about your football side. Yeah, like um, I get to the point. So I've, I've talked a little bit how the game was, but I just want to froth over a few individual yeah, players. Yeah, go ahead, go ahead. Uh, Jake Melsham. How good is Jake Melsham? He is actually an outstanding footballer. And it's one of those things when a player comes out of your team, it's when they come back in that you notice how good yeah. they are and how, how important they are to the team. And it was it was shocking to see how much of a difference he made. Uh, Hibbin made a big difference as well. He was off for a while with hamstring soreness or something. I think he's going to be all right. No, that's good. Someone else, uh, I do this every week, but Neville Jetta, my God, he was good. Have you seen his mark? I no, I haven't, but I don't really care. It was Move an unbelievable on. Mark. I've heard he enough was about. Kind of like thrown off into one on one, and then like took the chest. My Jesus! I crazy. and everyone else that's ever heard you open their mouth has heard enough about Neville Jetta. Let's move on. Uh, Christian Salem also very very good. Is his probably whole, not worth Josh Kelly? His though. second half of the year has been really good. Just doesn't make a mistake at all. He, he's really really good. And the other one is I have to make mention of is James Harms. Uh, tagging, beating Shuey, beating. Dangerfield, he beat. He's he's taking big scalps and he's getting possessions. I think he had twenty nine disposals mm. and smashed Luke Shuey. And yeah, did not see that coming. To be honest, did not see that coming. You laughed at me. I did you? laugh at you. You didn't you? Yeah. I did laugh at you, and I'll, I'll cop that one on the chin. I was I was slightly wrong. So so are we not going to win the flag, Rory? No. Oh, 
Damn. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I, I, I'd give us a chance to beat any team except for Richmond on the G. I would give us a real chance. Any any opposition. Fair enough. Our I best think, is extremely good. Yeah. I don't know. You have been flogged by both Collingwood and Hawthorne. Very the early in the year. Our second half of the year has been awesome. Didn't realise Quinn's birthday was very early in the year. thought that was about the midpoint, it actually. before the bye, Danjo. Before the bye. Okay. okay. Post-bye, we... Apart from those three games, we've been within 10 points every game we played this year. Yeah. Pretty well impressive, done. Yeah. Thank you. It's, it's a shame that three of those sides are the top four. Yeah, but Who also have the, the same home ground now, as you. We, we've actually improved so much throughout the year. It's exciting stuff. Okay, let's move on. Um, real quick hit on this one. Adelaide defeated North by nine points. Not much to say. Eddie bets to a good mark at the end of the game. Yeah, like I, just, I just after Melbourne won, just couldn't give couldn't give a toss. Just completely forgot the game existed. Uh, this morning, I was watching the ten moments of the round. I was like, oh, oh North actually got. Yeah, five we had no end. right to be yeah? anywhere near. So we were five goals down at about three quarter time. Just dominated the last quarter. Got within three points and sort of got too far ahead of ourselves. And we're just like, we've got to win now. When there was five minutes to go. Can I just... So we talked about last week how amazing it was that our happiness or our sadness always aligns. How gutted were you that this happened after Melbourne pulled off the greatest win of all time? Um, in all honesty, <laughs> the guttedness happened when you won because that ruled us out of yeah, finals. Yeah, yeah, So the result by then was a bit... Oh, well, that sucks. But, but it wasn't heartbreaking. Did it allow it to sink in that you're really a bottom four team? Did no, it, 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 it didn't because we're not... <laughs> Yeah. It made me think a lot more about Pollock and Gaff and Aaron Hall, though. Can we just have a little bit on... Uh, Damien Barrett said, oh North Melbourne God. are well-placed to get both Pollock and Gaff. You're well-placed. Yeah. You're G, mate. You must be... Jay Clark, who we did ridicule earlier, I'll admit, uh, said that he would bet his kidney that Andrew Gaff is coming to North. Hasn't he... He did Kelly as well, didn't he? That he, he yeah, but that he's was... He's always the one talking up North recruits, isn't he? I yeah, I don't know why he, that is. He's I not a North I swear to God, I get a message from you every second day saying, Jay Clark just said Melbourne are gonna get, uh, North Melbourne are going to get Yeah, I would player. never send you a message about <laughs> Melbourne getting a player. That, whenever, North, whenever Melbourne are rumoured to be getting a player, that is just that doesn't exist in my mind. I ignore <laughs> that. <laughs> but yeah, no, Adelaide were pretty good. We let Laird and Crouch do too much damage, though. Laird was actually damaging, was he? I don't think I've ever seen that before. You're just wrong. It was actually quite funny. The How many sideways kicks were the there? Common, none at all. The commentary, he actually didn't get any cheap possessions. It was really weird. No, he played a good game. Yes. Finally. Yeah, yeah a guy who averages over 30 touches a game finally had yeah, a good game. Yeah, with 28 of them are shit sideways. But anyway. They're just not. Um, <laughs> you don't watch football. You don't watch Adelaide enough. You're just wrong. Since halfway through the year, I've watched a lot of football. <laughs> a lot of football. <laughs> Haven't watched enough Adelaide. It has actually coincided with a lead form slope. Which has hurt my fantasy side. <laughs> <laughs> That's fine. You're you're through you're through to the granny anyway. Oh, in a massive upset over our uh, over Stringer. It was uh, great. Crouch had the leading handballs of all time, didn't he? He had twenty eight handballs or something. Yeah, he just linked up effortlessly. We we just last two weeks we've let too many midfielders just get too much of the ball. It just it hasn't been good enough. Ben Jacobs. Yeah. You tell me all been. the time. But we we didn't have enough running run in the midfield either. We we missed a lot. I think the last few weeks has been more than Ben Jacobs as the reason we haven't done well. Gaff and Pollock could help run out of the middle. Yeah, it really would. I'm looking forward to it. Too bad you're not going to get them. You don't think we'll get either of them? Just honestly. I don't know. You might. But uh, I I, I posed this hypothetical to you before. Would you rather both of them or Kelly? Just Kelly. So, like, 
In that situation, (laughs) yeah, in that situation, I would. But it's not one. Kelly doesn't take up the room for both of them. And out of the three, Kelly's the first one. So you're talking about salary cap room specifically, yeah, 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 which is a possibility that you'll throw way too much money at these two, and then you won't be able to. Well, that's the only reason it would be one or the other. Maybe you just know you're not going to get Kelly. That's not true. <laughs> you're throwing so you couldn't have that much salary. No, but the the way the uh, Polek contract is, we're throwing all the money in the first year, and then after that, it's a normal contract. So by the time Kelly comes, he won't. We don't. The we books don't know enough about list management, do we? I really, we really don't, don't understand much. why we don't see the players' salaries. Is it just privacy? Yeah, but I don't think that's a good enough reason. Every other sports league does it. Everyone. Yeah, the you NRL know. NRL and they don't know the contracts of all their players. Well, every sport I've bothered you just to check know NBA, on. NBA, that's all you know. And NFL. And okay. you know soccer yeah, salaries. Well, the Americans are like that. But anyway, let's, let's move on to the mailbag. Yep. Yeah. Okay, it's Poochie's mailbag where we ask us for sending questions and I forget to tell people who sent in the question. Uh, first up, we've got <laughs> from Matt Nolan, I think. Yes, yes. yes my Matt, cousin, Nolan. Matt Nolan. Yeah. Uh, he said, is the new NAB minis ad the best one of all? Now, Can we, should we answer this in unison? Yeah, okay. Three, two, one. No. no. <laughs> uh, yeah, I was, I was watching the footy with him on, uh, on Sunday. He's a passionate Melbourne supporter, and I pointed out how much I hated the ad. I was howled down. I was absolutely howled down. Everyone loves it. Scott, I ad. said this a lot in our first year. I haven't said it all that much since, but um, people are idiots. Yeah. It's the wrong. It looks terrible. I, I like the. I get why they would have wanted to do it. Like on paper, when they just said it, and they were like, "Oh, let's get get the players yeah. look like they're playing AFL, or like on on the ground." We superimpose them on. That would have sounded really cool, but it just looks dumb. Like, yeah, the, the it ben, hasn't been done well. The the Ben Brown ones, that's funny. The imitation's quite mm. good. That's all right. But when they have like midgets taking speckies on, like it's just it's just odd. And Ben Brown is too shiny. Just quite watch that ad closely. Ben Brown looks like a light bulb. He is too shiny. I haven't taken that into account in my criticism of the ad, but no. I'll, I'll take your word for but it. But yeah, the speckies look the worst because they go too high and they don't like make contact. It just looks unnatural. Mm. It's also very dangerous that they were out filming, you know, kids taking speckies on AFL players. Yeah, I don't know grounds. why they would do that. They, they could have got injured. There's no though. padding at all. And we mm. know, like, mm. was there one taken at Optus? Because we know there's no padding there. That grass yeah. is too thin. It yeah. hurt Buddy's foot. So yeah. imagine what it'd do to a poor I, I, child that I, can't handle that. I hope no children were injured in filming that. They, they didn't show that disclaimer, so we can only believe that children they were they hurt. They probably were, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, this has turned pretty pretty good. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, not a good ad. We are, we are against... The old ones were great. Child this abuse. is not a good ad. We'd just like to put that <laughs> out there. Um, so this is from uh, Matt Curry. What is a fair trade for the Bombers to land Shield and Setterfield? So it's a big assumption here. <laughs> Typical Matt Curry. Uh, just only talking about Essendon and doing what you do and just assuming that all the players are going to come to their team. Yeah, I, I respect I respect the moxie. Mm. Uh, it's very, uh, I look in the mirror and I see something similar. <laughs> uh, but what, what would be the trade? I mean, I think Dylan... Oh, we've discussed this before. I think Dylan Shield's worth pick one at for, least. But so. Yeah, I don't. Um, for both of them, it would be two first-round picks and probably some more. Yeah, yeah, I'd agree with that. But I don't How think... How many games has Setterfield played? Not many. He mm. hurt his knee. He was in their best 22 at the start of the year. He was coming off half-back, but mm. hurt his knee. Yeah. I think there's a lot... That That's two very talented players. Like, the Bombers yeah, semi-considered yeah. him for pick one in his year, but because he was academy tied, they didn't take him. It's weird. All the, Shields is one of those players who there just always seems to be a rumour that he's leaving. It's because he looks like Chris Judd and... <laughs> he looks like Chris no, Judd. He looks like Daniel Kerr plays like Chris Judd. Um, <laughs> and, like, 
people think that belongs in a Melbourne market if they're from Melbourne. Like it's it's purely like people assuming go home factor. I think. Yeah, I think that is it. I, I don't think I've ever heard. It, it's all just speculation. I've never heard someone actually say I've heard that Shields leaving. Yeah. It's, it's always just. Could what Dylan Shield be left, out? He'd be a good player to get, and then all of a sudden, yeah. all these rumors started. It's, yeah, it's, it's oh, Carlton are looking at throwing lots of money at him. Not yeah. Carlton have thrown money at him, and he's considering and, yeah, it. Yeah, exactly. We've never actually heard anything positive like that. But anyway, next question. What was your take? I said two first round picks I, and a little bit more. I agreed with you. Okay, I agreed with you. Come up with your own opinion next time. <laughs> uh, if Gaff decides to stay at the Eagles, should North just stop bothering to try and recruit players? No. Because we're getting Kelly no matter what next year. So why would we stop? <laughs> You're not getting <laughs> Kelly no matter what next year. Okay. Just because he's signed for two years doesn't mean he's definitely coming to North Can Melbourne. We, we have to put some sort of bet on this. Like, we have to put okay, some sort we'll of bet on this. Okay, we'll think of some bet. If any listener can think of a bet, we should do, send it in. I don't, I don't think I want to lose the bet. Like, I'm going to be miserable enough anyway. I, I am, I am like, willing I to bet a lot on this. <sighs> But I'm um, so looking forward to being right. We've been asked this question in many different forms before, basically just trolling you about the fact no one wants to come to North. And you've decided previously that you don't think it's embarrassing, even though it clearly is. It's not embarrassing. Um, I can't wait for Gaff to sign. So when we get Gaff and Polek, the rest of it was still embarrassing. But you're not going to get Gaff and Polek. But when we do, as we are going to... If, if, (laughs) That's a turnaround from you. Um, I mean, it's possible... Yeah, would the rest of it's not embarrassing? You thought you were getting dusty this time last year. Yes, it has been embarrassing for your club, yes. No. It has looked like no one cares about North Melbourne because you're an irrelevant football club. But let's go to the next question. Yeah, let's move on from you being wrong. We're going to get under an hour here, Banjo. Ooh, well done to us. With the benefit of hindsight, by what margin is this the greatest piece of football analysis we've seen this year? This refers to some photographic <laughs> evidence, which doesn't really pay, play well on a podcast, but... It was David King saying Collingwood were further away from a flag than Carlton were this at the start of this year. Yeah, it was it was a pretty pretty ordinary. Um, <laughs> it was proven to be very. He ordinary. hasn't had a good year. He also said Essendon would win the flag. Um, he just predictions did have not. He? When did he say that? At the start of the year, when people make predictions. Yeah. Um, okay. He's just not had a good year on his predictions front. Our producer sticks up for him and thinks it wasn't a ridiculous call at the time, but it was. So. <laughs> the David King one, why? Do you want to get in on that? The well, Carlton I mean, Collingwood? Like, I, I, I'm in a bad... You, you've, set me up, you've set me up for a negative outcome here. Yes, we have. Now go on. Make <laughs> yourself look like an idiot. Like, at the time, it wasn't a ridiculous call. I clicked on the article and voted for, for like on the article for the time. And it was... It was... Uh, what, so what did I say? 49% Carlton, 51% Collingwood. So therefore, at the time, readers of that article didn't think it was that ridiculous. Now, in hindsight... It's, it's obvious to say that, that that's ridiculous because Collingwood has made improvements and shown things that they didn't show then. But I think that doesn't necessarily mean it was a stupid call then. But you have to look at it that's in hindsight. Like, I, 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 I credit Collingwood. Like, like that, that's, that's a great, great work by Collingwood to improve. But that doesn't make the article stupid. But, but he was making a prediction. He put his balls out there to make a prediction about two clubs and he got it extremely wrong. So it was a bad call. It was a very bad call. Also, the types of people <laughs> that vote on Herald Sun surveys are not the sharpest people. <laughs> so you can't take that into account. A lot of that is decided by, oh, I'm a Carlton fan, so I'm going to agree with that. So you can't really take that as a good source to vote on. Well, I, I, still, I still maintain that it wasn't as ridiculous as make, making out to be because at the time it wasn't that ridiculous. That's fine. Rory, there's a minute to go. We have to get under an hour. Yeah, it's we're not going to make it. How can the AFL revamp the outcome-based oh. system for the MRO to suspend players for non-footballing acts? I 
forgot the last word in the question, so I hope that ended right, Kurt. <laughs> so, basically, we're asking, should there be a mandatory one-match ban for... Throwing a punch. punch. No, there shouldn't be. Absolutely not. It would be complete chaos. Half the half the AFL couldn't field a team for half a year. Like, I agree. It would be that extreme. You do, it for the, you do it for the first half, and then people stop punching each other. It would be... Mate, if that happened this week, if they came out and everyone... Yeah, you couldn't do it this week. Punch, It'd have to be at the start of the year. You say at the first start of the year... First few rounds, no one would be playing. And it, that's make fine. the punishment fit the crime. It's not all about... No, it's not just punitive justice crap that we've just got to punish people. That's the answer to everything. Make the punishment... We are trying to set standards in our community. And we do. We rubbed a guy out for eight weeks for punching someone. It's not as if we're saying, oh, that's fine, keep punching. Kale Hooker... Like, sat on top of a player and punched him twice while he couldn't move and didn't get anything but a fine. He, he, he whacked him a little in the chest. Like, I, it, did he not get a fine for that? No, he did get a fine. Oh, okay. He got nothing well, more yeah, than a fine. He's still getting punished, but we're still saying that's a, a fine. A fine is not good enough. It's, it's too Suspend extreme. him it's, for a week. It's not pragmatic to just rub our players for every little punch. It just, no, it you do happen. it and it then you change behaviours. But you do it for a week and the outcry by everyone for the fact that yeah, all the best then, players in the competition yeah, like, no, would be furious. Actually, no, I'll agree with you. With it. The AFL executive does not have the testicular fortitude to stick to their guns on that kind of thing. They would bow down to public pressure because they don't have any good judgment themselves and should all be sacked. I'll agree with you on that. But... A good executive should try and get this behaviour out of our game. I, like, I, and they're I, not doing enough. It wouldn't. It wouldn't last. It is unpractical, and it's not. It's just. It's just not pragmatic at all. It just couldn't work. And people would crack the shits, and it would be gone within another week. No, you, they've got to do it, or else nothing will change. Like in an ideal world, I agree with you, but you, you can't. You can't do it. Like it just can't happen. Agree to disagree, I guess. Then Scott, uh, let's move on. We'll just end up. Oh, yeah, we've got our uh, last question from the Facebook page, Battle Situations with Unexpected Handicaps. Which they did not submit, we just took. We're still, <laughs> we're still going to go long. Uh, Michael Jackson, but the doctor who gave him his fake nose, accidentally sewed on a small hot chips instead, versus a large flock of slightly hungry seagulls, but they are banned from using their deafening squeals. <laughs> so basically, Michael Jackson with chips for a nose... And a bunch of hungry seagulls. Who would win that battle? How many seagulls? Yeah. Hmm. I don't know. A flock of... A large flock of slightly hungry So we say that's seagulls. 25, 30 seagulls? Are we saying around there? Yeah, let's yeah that's probably a large flock. I don't know. They're only slightly hungry. And secret tactic, he can open the bottom, let the chips go out, and then run away. I, I, I'm going to assume that you can't do that. I'm going to assume. Because I, I, I just thought of a solution that is how many, impervious. How many deaths are there by bird around the world? But if like, how regular if is it? they're trying to attack you. They're but they're semi-hungry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they're also not trying to do... Does he... Can He can't get hurt by this packet of chips getting poked. Also, the packet of chips is sealed. They don't know the chips are there. You ever seen a bird go after a full packet Did of I chips? Did I say they were sealed? Well, if they're not sealed, how are they staying in there? I don't know. They're sewed on. But like... <laughs> Again, this is flawed. <laughs> what do you mean? What do you mean? This is better than sealed. last week. I understand the concept, but this is flawed. It's it's not flawed. I would back him. Michael seagull. Jackson has so many options for. Uh, he doesn't have many options to win. He's got plenty of options for escape. You put, I reckon thirty seagulls would be kind of scary. Yeah, I reckon. Oh, it absolutely would be. Yeah, be fun, they're yeah. only slightly hungry. You got to remember that. Yes, they're only <laughs> slightly hungry, but they are a large flock though. So yeah. No, I'm backing in the seagulls on that one. I'm torn. I I personally think. 
I, I back in Michael Jackson not to lose. I don't necessarily back him to win, but I back him not to lose. Mm. Yeah, so what, is that a draw then? So you're backing a draw? I'm backing... You think a, he just I'm, I think I'm backing in an NA, not applicable. Why is that a boring answer? Yeah. You're a boring man. You can deal with it. Anyway, thank you very much for listening to the Plebs on Footy <laughs> podcast. Uh, as always, come back next week. Give us a review. Give us a like on Facebook, something like that. Just give us some satisfaction, please. Thanks for listening.